this back because otherwise you're too close. find that if if the uh, preacher moves forward the people move back have you noticed that always the front seats of a church are always the ones that are empty so if I move back then it means that people can move forward that's the theory let's just open with a word of prayer please Our Father God, we thank you that now as we have worshipped you in song, as we have worshipped you in giving of the gifts that you have bestowed upon us, as we have worshipped you in our meditations and our preparations, Father, it is a privilege to also worship you in our prayers of adoration. Lord, so often when we pray, we come before you with our shopping list, our God blesses, and we name friends, we name family, we name situations of care and concern. We bring before you many of our needs, some of our wants, and we dare even a few of our would-likes. Lord, in this time of adoration, we take the focus off ourselves and we put it fairly and squarely on you. You are an awesome and a wondrous and a mighty God. You are all present, all knowing, all loving, all giving, all forgiving. You fill us with hope. You fill us with life. And it is because of you that we are here today. We bless you and adore you. We honour and glorify you. For you are worthy. Throughout human history you have repeatedly made yourself known to us. You have repeatedly revealed your will and your purposes. And even when we have chosen to ignore you and what you want, you have constantly reached out to us. It is in your very nature to seek us in the hope that we would respond to you Father God forgive us please for our selfishness and our greed forgive us for our thoughtlessness and our arrogance forgive us Lord for our neglect of you and our neglect of all that you would choose to do for, through us and for us Father God, we thank you 
for the gift of Jesus. Throughout history, you sent the prophets to to remind us and to warn us and to, to try and tell us the way we should be living. And then you presented yourself in the person of the Lord Jesus. It wasn't a matter of simply calling us to faith. In your very life, you showed us how you wanted us to live, how you wanted us to respond to you. And you showed us your wonderful mercy and grace in such a dramatic way when you submitted yourself to the cross of Calvary. You did not have to die for us. You could have left us to our own devices. But in your love, you went to the cross bearing our sin and our shame. You paid our penalty. And you have set us free. We bless you. We honour you. We glorify you. For you are truly awesome and wonderful. Would you turn in your scriptures to Romans chapter 10? I'm just going to read a few verses from verses 14 to 17. Romans chapter 10, very familiar passage. How then can they call on the one? That is people. How can people call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring God's news. The word good actually comes from the word godly. So how, can, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news or God's news. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. The message is heard through the word of Christ. We're continuing in our theme of laying a godly foundation and this morning I want us to focus on simply the word of God. The word of God. Now as we begin, I just want to remind you that there are many titles and expressions that are used in the Bible that have caused people a lot of concern over the years. There is a lot of misunderstanding because so often in every language you have 
these cultural expressions that those within that language framework understand. Those who come from the outside don't know what you're talking about. And so it's up to us as messengers of the word of God to explain correctly what these titles and expressions mean. For example, if someone comes up to you and grabs you by the throat and says, have you been washed in the blood of the lamb? I can, I can promise you, absolutely without a shadow of a doubt, if that person has not been brought up with Christian uh, church language, they will have no idea what you're talking about. They will think you're a nutter. Fancy being washed in the lamb's blood. Goodness gracious, what are these Christians on about? These secret rituals where they have to wash each other in the lamb of a sheep, in the blood of a sheep? That's what comes to their mind. Is that what the Bible's talking about? Maybe this is where they collect all the sheep's blood after the slaughterhouse and you've got to walk through that. Is that what they're talking about? No. So we've got to be careful with our expressions that we use. Things like Lion of Judah. Goodness gracious, when we're talking about God and we call him the Lion of Judah, are we actually worshipping a lion like in the zoo? When we talk about Lamb of God and we say Jesus is the Lamb of God, do we worship a little lamb? Is that what we're saying? What about bright morning star? I like this one. So Jesus is actually the star on the top of the Christmas tree. Ah, now I understand it. Is that right? And of course the expression, son of man. Everybody understands what son of man means, don't they? And of course son of God. It's not what you think. And so often as Christians we learn these expressions and we use these expressions and we have no idea what we're talking about. This is why we need to go to Bible studies and learn this language and how we can appropriate the concept to talk to people who have no idea who God is. Let me tell you, the expression son of God does not, does not imply and does not mean that Jesus is a demigod, half God, half man. That's not what it's saying. But unfortunately, in our Sunday schools, that's not what has been taught. We use the expression, we assume people know what we mean. So... Another expression is word of God. 
we're going to be looking at this one today. And over the past months, we've been meditating on the importance of laying a godly foundation for our lives. And of course, when our lives are firmly established on the sure foundation of the Lord, this will have a flow-on impact in the life and the witness of the church. In recent times, we have seen some churches focus on things like love, peace, grace, acceptance and tolerance, mercy, justice and the like. They're good words, aren't they? Anyone disagree with any of these words? I'm glad to hear that. They are good words. And while we do not diminish the importance of these right and noble objectives and activities of the church, we should always remember not to neglect the true foundation of the church that should underpin all of these noble aspirations. If all we have is these noble aspirations and nothing more, then we are purely humanists. Nothing more. We need the foundation that underpins these noble aspirations. So what am I talking about? I am talking about the fundamental imperative of the Word of God. And if the church ceases to focus on the basic importance of the Word of God and to merely focus on, on um, noble human aspirations, then we cease to be the true church of God. And let me tell you today in Australia... There are many churches that have the noble aspirations of love, peace, grace, tolerance, mercy and justice, but they do not have any foundation in the, worst, in the word of God. And so they are therefore ceasing to be the true church of God. They are merely a pretense. Having said this, what is the Word of God. What is it? Think about it. What is the Word of God? What do we mean by this expression? Well, I put it to you that there are two main answers to this question. And how many of you are thinking, oh, goodness, Pastor Bruce, what do you mean two? I thought there was only one. <laughs> There are two main answers to this question and they express, both of the answers, express the reality that God is a communicator God and that he has been speaking to us from the very beginning of creation. The word of God is a message. That is, it is all that God has revealed to us as recorded in the Bible. And secondly, the Word of God is a descriptive title. That is, 
It is the revelation of God in the Lord Jesus Christ. Those two things. Any disagreements yet? No? Any surprises? Yes? Good? Excuse me. So, as we ponder this, the Word of God as a message from God and the Word of God as a title, let's for a few minutes look at what these two answers mean for us today as a church. Firstly, the Word of God or the Word of the Lord, as it is sometimes also translated, is a message from God to you and me to guide and direct us in the way that God has determined we should go in our life. He has a purpose and a plan for us and throughout human history he has sought to reveal that purpose and that plan in his messages, in his many messages to us. When God created mankind he sought to have a special and a unique relationship with us. In Genesis chapter 2 verses 16 and 17 we have the Lord's first recorded words to mankind. I'm not saying they were the first words to mankind. I'm saying they are the first recorded words to humanity. And it's this, Genesis 2 16 to 17. Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die did you know every one of us here is in the process of dying. Did you know that? Every day there are parts of you that are dying and other parts are regenerating. And as you get older, so the parts that are dying overtake the parts that are regenerating to a point that the parts that are regenerating can't sustain life anymore. <laughs> the reality, the reality, this is only temporary packaging. And we shouldn't pretend otherwise. Also, in Genesis chapter 6, verses 13 and 18 and 19, the Lord said these words to Noah. The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them from the earth. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall go into the ark, you and your sons, your wives, your sons' wives with you, and of every living thing of all flesh you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. That's part of God's revealed will. And it was in response 
to mankind's disobedience against God. God does reveal his word to us. To Abraham, God also made a promise and a covenant as recorded in Genesis 17 and Exodus 20. God was very clear in what he also commanded of Moses. In fact, as we read the Bible, we see time and time again throughout history, throughout Jewish and human history, God has made known his will and purposes to us. He has spoken his word to us through his creation, through the spoken words of the prophets, through the Holy Spirit, and through the written words of Scripture. Time and time again, God has spoken his word. And at all times, God has spoken not only in regard to our relationship with him, but also in our relationship with one another. As we read in Mark chapter 12, verses 29 to 31, when challenged by the Jewish authorities, the Lord Jesus summarized what God the Father had said. The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with some of your heart. Sorry? All of your heart. I was just checking to make sure you were listening. With all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. You want to know God? You've got to get your mind in gear with God. Faith is not a mindless exercise. You need to study and to know the word of God. What he is saying. And even try to understand why he is saying it. Jesus went on to say, this is the first commandment and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Love God. Absolutely. And love your neighbor as yourself. Brothers and sisters, throughout human history, God has not been silent. Time and time again, he has sought to reveal his divine will and purposes to us. And what people's, when people say that there is no God, it's not that God has been absent or silent but that they have not been looking and listening. They have chosen to have blind eyes and deaf ears. We, humankind, have repeatedly chosen to block our eyes and ears and ignore what God is saying to us. And is it any wonder that the world is in such a mess with selfishness, greed, deceit, corruption, wars, 
disease, pollution and and the like. Is it any wonder that family relationships are breaking up? Husbands with wives, parents with children. Is it any wonder there is so much dislocation in relationships today when people ignore what God is saying to them? We constantly and repeatedly compromise God's revealed values and principles. And it does us no credit. Even today, God is seeking to engage with us through his revealed word of scripture and through his Holy Spirit. The big question is, are we listening? Make no mistake, the Bible is full of what God has been saying to mankind throughout many millennia and it will take a lifetime of reading and studying to absorb only part of it for our life today. God's word is absolute. There is no place for relativism in our study of the word of God. He is not saying one thing to you and an entirely different thing to someone else. God's word is sure and solid and foundational for all of our lives. The second part, of course, was the word of God. It's a descriptive title for the person of the Lord Jesus himself. There are many titles in the Bible for Jesus. Son of man, son of God, lamb of God. These are all titles descriptive to help us understand who he really is. And another one is the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. In John chapter 10 verses in, in John, sorry, John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5, we read these amazing words. In the beginning was the Word. The Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not comprehend, does not understand it. Amazing words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's then in verses 14 and 16 and 17 that the true identity of this Word is revealed. And the Word became 
flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth and of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace for the law was given through Moses but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ in the beginning was the word the word was with God and the word was God the word became flesh and his name is Jesus Yes, in the Lord Jesus, we have the full embodiment of the Word of God. The full embodiment, the fullness of who God is in the cosmos, the fullness of all who God is, is revealed in Jesus. Wow, that's awesome. That's like saying if you wanted to communicate to an ant, how are you going to do it? Are you going to write a message in English? The ant can't read it. Are you going to yell at the ant with a megaphone? The ant doesn't speak your language. The only way that you can communicate with an ant it would be if you yourself could become an ant, which of course we can't. But God, in order to communicate with us, became like us. He took on human flesh. He became a man in the person of Jesus. And not only do we have the written and the spoken words of God as divine instruction upon which to base our lives, now we also have the very heart and mind of God revealed to us in physical and tangible form in the person of the Lord Jesus. Because in the Lord Jesus, God put on flesh to everything that he has said. With these understandings of what the expression the word of God means, we must then ask ourselves another question. How does or how should this word of God impact my life? If God has been speaking throughout human history, if God has revealed himself in the person of Jesus... How does this now impact my life? Well, as we read in Luke chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus said these words, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. It's not just blessed are those who hear the word of God. 
there are some who would quote that and they think that's enough you've heard the word of God you're right you're going to heaven it's not what Jesus said he said blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it it has to touch your life it has to be put into action in your life it has to be a central part of who you are as a person to make any difference otherwise listening to a football match on the radio makes me a top line footballer is that right if I just listen to a football match I'm therefore going to be an excellent footballer I don't think so you've got to do the training the hard yards the exercise you've got to learn the rules of football and you've got to put them into practice and that's what Jesus is saying here about the word of God and as far as the Lord Jesus was concerned to hear and obey the word of God will result in a state of being that is blessed and approved by God hear it and do it and you will be blessed and approved by God conversely to ignore the word of God and to fail to act upon it will result in a life devoid of all that is of God which is tantamount to spiritual devastation and annihilation I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. I'm going to call it as the Bible calls it. The Old Testament is full of examples of both of these states of being. One only needs to read of those who heeded the word of God in their lives and did as God asked and the blessings, joys and peace of God that followed. And one only needs to read of those who did not heed the word of God in their lives and did not do as God asked and the troubles and sufferings that ensured from their selfishness and disobedience. It's clear. Read and study the word of God. The Lord Jesus embodies the total message of God to mankind he is more than mere printed words on a page in Jesus there was and is no inconsistency with all that God has revealed throughout human history in the person of Jesus there is an absolute consistency with all that was revealed prior to his coming and for those who have difficulty in reading the words of the Bible they only need to look at the life witness of the person of the Lord Jesus himself and listen to his divine wisdom and instruction we are so blessed today because we can learn to know God better as we seek to hear him in all the ways that he has spoken to us and especially through the Lord Jesus Christ.
as we read in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, we read these words. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. Such is the word of God. Brothers and sisters, are you content to simply know about God? Or do you want to truly know God for yourself? Make no mistake, in Melbourne University, in the philosophical department, they study numerous philosophers. Degas, Camus, Sartre, um, Tillich. They even study John's Gospel. It's part of the course of philosophy in Melbourne University. They study the Gospel of John as philosophy. They know about God. The big question is, do they know God? And that's the question that is before us today. Plenty of people know about God. They know the stories of the Bible. They know about gentle Jesus, meek and mild, look upon this little child. They can quote verses of scripture. But that doesn't mean to say that they know God. don't know his love that impacts their life every day. They don't know about his mercy and his grace that has transformed them. To be sure, God does not want to be merely known as a concept of energy and matter transfer that takes place in the realms of the metaphysical. That's not what God wants. He does not want to be reduced to mere propositional theology. God is the ultimate expression of life and reality and desires that we may know and understand him for who he is. He wants us to know him, to truly know him for who he is. He wants us to know what brings him joy and what brings him sorrow. He wants us to enter into a vital living relationship with him and he has made the invitation open to us through the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who is the only true and genuine Word of God. As we read in Colossians 1.19, the Lord Jesus embodied the total message of God to humanity. 
with these words. For it pleased the Father that in him, that is the Lord Jesus, all the fullness should dwell and by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through, through the blood of his cross. That was the message of the early church, of those who had lived and walked and talked with Jesus. They understood who he is. Do you? Brothers and sisters, as we close, let me also remind you of the words of the Apostle Paul in Romans 10, verses 14 to 15. We read it earlier. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear unless someone tells them? How shall they tell them unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Brothers and sisters, look at your feet. If you want to, you can take your shoes off. Look at your feet. If you know, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Saviour and Lord, then you've got a job to do, to go and tell others about him, to introduce him to them. And that means you've got to start using your feet. Don't wait for them to come to you. You've got to go to them. It's up to each one of us to be messengers for Jesus. And by the grace and mercy of God, we have a job to do. It's not, com it's not complicated. It does not require a specialised university education. And its earthly rewards will probably be rather limited but it will probably take you to places and people that you never thought possible. All God is asking from you is if you're available to him to be part of the word of God for today. Praise be to God for his amazing and most wonderful 